Welcome to Raising Hail, the podcast nobody asked for but everyone needs by best friends turned partners turned parents. I'm Samantha McKinnon. And I'm Brandon Hale. And we're on a mission to remind you that no one has their shit together. Join us each week to get unsolicited advice from two non-experts on things we all go through. Think about this as your one-stop shop for raw, approachable, and sometimes uncomfortable takes on parenting, love, and life. We do not know what we're doing, and we want you along for the ride. Welcome back to this episode of Raising Hail. Season one. Episode four. <laughs> yeah, we're not that far into it. So, nope. so yeah, it's still season one. It's just leaving the options open for a second season. Because if you said episode four, then they would just assume. We've already had 50 unique listeners, according to the stats. I don't know how unique our listeners are, though. I don't. What does that mean? I don't know. Are they unique? They're just people. Unique people. <laughs> yeah. What makes them unique? It's like how is this a statistic? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't know, but it's on there. It's just unique plays, unique devices, unique accounts. I don't know what to tell you. I don't know the details. Let's get into this episode, shall we? Because I don't even with this tangent we've gone on already we're 35 seconds in maybe a minute is that okay with you i stopped talking okay (laughs) on this episode of raising hail we are sharing the pregnancy experience so if you're just tuning in for the first time you may be wondering what this is all about So up until this point, we've shared a few different episodes, an intro episode, uh, a little bit of a, shall I say, sneak peek into like our initial parenting philosophy, almost seven months into the parenting experience. And then we also shared uh, our miscarriage and pregnancy loss experience. And so the reason that we kind of like did it in this way was that we, I guess really are sort of like teeing it up to qualify ourselves as people who have the experience to actually have a podcast like this about parenting relationships, life, love, the nitty gritty messy bits of it all. And so after of course our miscarriage and loss experience, we arrive here. Experts. No, I, <laughs> I did not say experts. I, I just meant we've arrived at the pregnancy experience episode because that mm-hmm. was the next chronologically. chronologically speaking. And once we get through sort of establishing that we are in fact qualified to some degree to talk about these sorts of topics, uh, it's not going to be so chronological. It's going to be a little more off the cuff. It's going to be a little more topical, but we need to... Off the cuff. Yeah. You. Always. Mm. It's wit. <laughs> okay. Sipsty. <laughs> Again. So that's where we're at. This is chronological just so that we can really establish the, the foundation for the podcast. This the forthcoming. is us. This, yeah. This is us. Okay. So let's talk about 
the 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 very beginning of this whole pregnancy experience, our the Colton pregnancy experience, we shall say. Mm. So obviously we start back at when I first knew I was pregnant, which came on the tail end of several 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 months of shall we say what they call in the medical profession like actively trying air quotes actively trying which essentially it means that you are just have sex yeah you pretty much <laughs> have sex always all the time yeah uh so sex you... is fun until you have to have it <laughs> that's terrible it's, well, it's like a second job at that point if it, you're lucky you just have it once and... right well and we weren't lucky <laughs> evidently and so it took some actual trying and so the doctors will tell you if you're actually trying because you have not had much success that you need to be like given her probably basically every other day at a minimum every other way Upside down, sideways. <laughs> I don't know who. I don't. <laughs> nobody said that. I don't know where you got that from. That's well, okay. Anyway. I just make up my own rules. So we had had several months of that sort of situation, mm -hmm. and that didn't work. It was not happening. So I had resolved that, as I mentioned in the previous episode, that I was gonna be just having a wasted girl summer. I was going to be girl summer. in the Lots paint. of sangria. Lots of Jack Daniels. <laughs> I just was tired of the whole debacle. And so I thought, you know what? I'm going to chill. I'm going to take a little break. I'm going to just have fun. No more sex. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be celibate from here on out. And uh, as soon as that happened, well... You're too stressed out about it. I, I don't know. I a lot of people say that, like, oh, as soon as you stop trying, it'll happen. I think maybe there is a mental aspect of it, from the sense of, like, being so tense that it, you know, just things don't work out. But I also don't think that there's like <laughs> any scientific studies backing that. Uh, I'm not a scientist. <laughs> But in our uh, experience, of course, that is exactly how it happened. Precisely. So I was in Niagara Falls on a business retreat. I was doing a solo retreat. Working. You wanted to ch chill so bad that you just went and sat in a hotel room by yourself. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny because... I went there fully intending for it to be like strictly a business retreat. I was going to work on my marketing strategy. I was going to flesh out a few more offers for my business, um, you know, kind of revamp the way that I was working with clients, which I did end up doing, but I actually spent a lot of time like <laughs> crying by myself in a hotel room uh, about all the things that didn't work out the way that I hoped they would. And I'm not a big crier. And I just cried by myself for like days 
and I was like, this is so weird. Like I, I still have the the notebooks that I was using for the journaling and stuff that I was doing in Niagara Falls. All wrinkly paper now. Yeah, well, there's, they're they're <clears throat> tear stained for sure. And I'm, I was like, and I look back, and don't get me wrong, you know, it's like some some emotional stuff that I wrote about, definitely. But like, I read it now, and I, it does not make me cry. I'm like, what is what was <laughs> going on there? And I thought, in the moment. You know, the first couple of times that I was literally was like weeping in this hotel room by myself, drinking a Starbucks from this, which by the way, it was still kind of like COVID times. So it was like, it was, if you've been to Niagara Falls when it's not COVID times, you know that it's like so jammed and there's lineups and there's tons of people. It was like a ghost town. It was like literally nobody even knew what Niagara Falls existed. So I'm in this hotel. The Starbucks barista and I in the lobby were like the best of friends. I went down there like three times a day just so that I was not like pulling a shining in the hotel room by myself. (laughs) Because I was just crying and writing and crying and it it was wild. And room service shows up and you go away. No. (laughs) No. But I did eat a lot of stuff that I just, you know, had cravings for, which evidently uh, it was maybe, I guess, more of a sign of what was to come. So. It just didn't even clue in, eh? It didn't clue into me until I was driving back that, I think it was a Thursday morning uh, that I had checked out. And I was driving back home. And I was like, I'm going to take a test when I get home. Because I had, I, I think, if I recall correctly, even stopped, like, all the tracking on all the apps. I was like, this is, I, I'm, I'm over it right now. I don't, I don't want it. I'm, I'm out. Like, and, and so I just thought, oh, I don't know. I just, I just have a feeling I'm just going to take a test. So I remember, obviously, coming home, peeing on a stick. And it was one of those ones with a weak indicator so which was something that i had used prior which was kind of how i knew that things were a little bit off because for the first pregnancy the weak indicator was like a week or two behind and i was thinking like again because i was tracking so meticulously i'm like that's not right so this time around it was like bang on where i thought it would be and i thought okay like what do i do with this so i just kind of like sat there for the rest of the afternoon <laughs> waited till you got home from work because i literally like i just didn't know what to do i didn't know if i should be happy or anxious or you know because all i could think of was oh great you know at, at the third time you know is third time the charm or is third time gonna like literally gut me again and uh anyway you got home <laughs> do you wanna you had a souvenir for me from Niagara. I said, what the fuck do you get me a souvenir from Niagara for? <laughs> what do you mean? Well, it's like, it's not like you went to Barbados <laughs> or freaking Europe somewhere. So it's it like wasn't Niagara. So was it worth the souvenir? No. You could go, we could go there right now. Okay. Well, anyway. Well, it turns out you just peed on my hand, essentially. <laughs> <laughs> the stick had the cap on, okay? so I don't know how it works. I'll just know that that was probably the best souvenir you ever got me. That's beautiful. Mm-hmm. In ter- you don't know how it works in terms of me peeing on the stick? Ah, I know you pee on it. No. Oh, wrong i had done it so many times i had done it so many times that i had a pregnancy test 
kit in the bathroom complete with a plastic shot glass to collect my urine sample so that i got didn't... rid of that no it's still there it's a souvenir <laughs> here you go colton <laughs> here's the stick that you were founded upon i still have the stick i still have the shot glass too uh, What's wrong with you? Well, I don't know. It's, it's a good shot glass. I'll use it <laughs> next time. <laughs> no? Why do you have the pregnancy stick? I'm not sure. <laughs> it's in my underwear drawer. Oh, my Lord. That's where I used to keep them all. But I had like, you know... How many do you have in there? Just the one now. Are you lying? No. <laughs> just the one. But I used to literally... I would stash them there because I would... They would be negative or whatever, and I'd fucking check them in the drawer. Not in the garbage, eh? I don't know why. I think I just was like, I became like a weird pregnancy, used pregnancy <laughs> test order. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, so I did keep that one. It doesn't say anything on it now. Apparently they fade after a while, so <laughs> it's just well, nothing. Well, you're no longer pregnant, so. <laughs> well, valid. <laughs> and it only lasts for nine months. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so anyway maybe i'll clean up the, the kit that i it was a homemade kit that i just made well, myself just, like put it in a bag and write well, pregnancy test kit it's so all, no one uses that as like a mouthwash shot <laughs> glass you know it's all in a mason jar all to, all this stuff together so it's like if somebody's going know. through my drawer using my mason jar and shot glass kit that's their problem it wouldn't be me so don't go through red drawers. I don't. I'm just saying to the, the general population. Oh. And if you're in my bathroom, the next, for you people <laughs> listening, you're in my bathroom and you're going through my drawers and you see the, <laughs> the P pregnancy test shot glass, now you get it. I did so many tests that I just had a system. Pee in the mason jar, pour enough for the sample in the shot glass, dip the test in, do the timer, watch for the results, be very angry when they weren't what I wanted, chuck the test in the drawer, hoard the test, and then eventually it was the last one. That was the, <laughs> that was the system. <laughs> wash my hands, wash out the glass after it was negative. Well, at least you washed it. Yeah. It would be pretty stinky. Right. Anyway, so that's that's how it <laughs> happened, and that's how I told you. I just literally placed the test in your hand. Mm -hmm. Do you remember what you said? No. I think you said, are you serious? And I was like, I, how did I make that up? I don't, yeah, I don't know. I don't remember what I said. I, I just remember feeling the same way, though, like waiting for the ball to drop. Mm -hmm. Like it didn't want, like, of course you're excited. But then you don't want to get too excited because just like when when's the bad part happen? Well, I think we were so accustomed to it just not working out the yeah. way that we hoped that it, we we were not going to believe it until he was here. Obviously, we've talked about that too. Yeah. So I guess really we should probably get into the actual pregnancy of it all. Which, uh, frankly, was not what I expected at all. There were certain things that kind of seemed on par. But the one thing that I was not at all anticipating, or I guess maybe to the degree to which it happened, was how tired I was. Especially in the first trimester. I spent... Yeah, you slept. 
Oh yeah, I slept like all day, every day almost. I would sleep for like a couple of hours and be up for an hour and then sleep for a few hours and be up for an hour. Like I could not stay awake for more than an hour at a time. Is that kind of funny how that's the way it was? And then now like that's kind of how babies are in a perfect world. Not all babies, obviously. Well, I mean, yeah, as they grow older, they are awake longer, but yeah. Yeah. Well, as you grew more into your pregnancy, you were awake longer, so. (laughs) Yeah. Well, then, because then I had insomnia. (laughs) Fun times. But I think, again, it was just so not what I expected because you hear of all of these different symptoms that people experience. And really, aside from the extreme fatigue and uh and then the insomnia through the second and third trimester i feel like the only really the only kind of prevalent symptom for me was the extreme nausea that i had um which also was coupled with a loss of appetite and because of all of that i actually ended up having some pretty significant weight loss um pregnancy Yeah, during the pregnancy. So it was interesting because I essentially survived on, well, in the first trimester, it was Del Monte peaches or fruit cocktail uh, and (laughs) Cheez-Its. And then all of a sudden you didn't want any of it. No, and then I was over that. We still have um, unopened containers of of Del Monte peaches. (laughs) Yeah, it's a fruit cocktail, I think it is. Nonetheless. And then the second trimester was watermelon and granola bars. Mm-hmm. Specifically the PC brand chocolate covered granola bars. Not sponsored. They're chocolate bars. They're not chocolate bars. They're chocolate bars. A Kit Kat is a chocolate bar. A granola bar is not a chocolate bar. It's basically a breakfast cereal in a bar dipped in chocolate. It's pretty much healthy. <laughs> And then the third trimester, uh, I was digging the Honeycrisp apples and very large fruit plates. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah pretty with, much all you ate was fruit. With yeah. a lot of, like, I had every fruit under the sun. Because all, all I could really eat Until was fruit. I hated it. And then it was the, off to the next one. Yeah. And then well, back to the last one. The, and then the other thing that was came in clutch in the third trimester was very spicy pasta. Mm-hmm. With like a plain tomato sauce because I could not eat onion or garlic or any meat. Well, yeah, that was all because assuming from when you got sick before you were pregnant. And that I will never obviously know. Well, you might. Well, maybe. But yes, I got pregnant several months after I had COVID. And mm-hmm. when I got COVID, I lost my sense of smell entirely. My sense of taste was like, only way I could really describe it, it was, it was, it was like muted. Like things well, just didn't taste normal. I don't know that that's the science behind that, honestly, but we won't get into that. What we do know is that things that I used to love tasted like literal trash, like garbage, sewage waste, rotten, um, and we don't know still how much of that was COVID parosmia, I guess is what they call it, related. Wow. Um, That's a big word. 
yeah or pregnancy related or a combo of those imagine a combo but that's just my guess yeah i think so too I'm not a scientist but yeah like coffee was a no-go almost well every single meat i could not eat any meat at all uh so i became an accidental vegetarian i could not eat a lot of um like chips or things like that because they had onion powder or garlic powder in like the seasonings and i could not eat onion or garlic at all uh what were some of the other ones you remember mm. you didn't eat anything plain pasta i wouldn't even okay hold hold on to your <laughs> seats right now people <laughs> i could not even eat craft dinner mm-hmm. which if you know me on a personal level you know that's kind of a big deal. I eat craft dinner at least twice a week. And I could not. <laughs> that's how you knew something was wrong. I mean, it was nice for me. Okay. I just ate whatever I wanted to eat. <laughs> well, yeah. <clears throat> I mean, the good thing for you was that you could meal prep whatever meals you wanted to eat. And I ate peaches out of a jar mm -hmm. <laughs> well, I don't even know if you had ice cream I'm trying to remember now uh, in this in the third trimester I would eat chocolate ice cream but any other kind of chocolate other than the PC granola bar chocolate a chocolate ice cream tasted like soil hmm. so yeah it was like nine months basically of navigating like are there safe foods well, it's probably eat. more than that, because even after Colton was born, you were still... A little bit, yeah, for a couple months. What's the word? Like, you had to dip your toes in the water again. Right. And things still didn't taste totally normal. I would say at this point now, most things are back to normal in terms of still? taste. Yeah. I would hmm. say most things. Some things still smell weird. That sucks. Like, cigarette smoke, for example, doesn't smell like what it used to smell like. Well, it's probably not a bad thing. It smells horrible. Well, I mean, it still it smells bad. It just doesn't smell like what it used to smell like. Yeah. But yeah, there's certain things that I'm like, oh, that's not quite right yet. So it's kind of interesting. But uh, yeah, so I ended up losing quite a lot. I think I at the end of it all, I had lost like 45 pounds. And then most people put on 45 pounds. <laughs> Yeah, and it, it was, I have to tell you, it's so weird because I, I received like a lot of compliments about like how great I looked and I'm like, I'm, I'm actually ill. <laughs> like, like, this is not okay. Nothing. Did you even have an appetite? I had no appetite. I never wanted to eat. Yeah. I only ate because you were like, why are you not eating? You need to eat food. Yeah. Colton needs to be a jacked little baby, <laughs> which he is. I, yeah, I wasn't interested. And again, like that's kind of a big deal for me. I love food. Mm -hmm. I love like cooking I, and I couldn't cook. I didn't cook for like nine months, really. Mm -hmm. Even when you were meal prepping or in the early stages of the pregnancy, like through, I would say through most of the, definitely all of the first trimester, partially into the second trimester, you would meal prep on Sundays and I had to leave because it yeah. made me sick. Mm -hmm. A couple of times you were running out the front door. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be back. Where are you going? Out of here. <laughs> <laughs> 
Which is so weird because again, it was stuff that you've been prepping for like years, right? It's been the same stuff for years and I could not, the smell, the look of it, I literally had to leave and not come back. Open all the windows, turn all the fans on. Yeah, yeah. And it, I didn't have any like real cravings. It's just when I found something that I could eat and it didn't taste terrible, mm -hmm. I was like stuck on that for a little while because I was so afraid to try other things and feel so sick and nauseous and gross and have terrible taste. Like it was ooh, gross. Well, it doesn't like, make you want to eat when it tastes like shit. Oh yeah, oh yeah, 100%. So I guess that was happening in, as that was all happening, of course, we were preparing for Colton's arrival. One of the key things that we did there was we moved my office into our spare room. And so it is now an office spare room combo. And we then redid my office space to become the nursery. What are your thoughts on that? It's a nightmare. <laughs> that one wall. That one wall lives in my head rent-free and probably will for the rest of my life. <laughs> <laughs> if you've ever taken, what's it called again? Wallpaper. Wallpaper down. <laughs> if you've ever taken wallpaper down, you know the struggle is real. You gotta get all that adhesive off. Okay, so... <laughs> we take we take the wallpaper off mm -hmm. we we think that it's good we we've scraped it all off it, the wall is looking fine we start it's like it's dry we wait the next day it's all good we start to paint all of a sudden we probably should have primed i'm pretty sure we did prime i don't remember I'm pretty sure we did prime. I think it was the prime. Oh, was it the primer or the paint that started to paint. just literally peel off? It was the paint. Because okay. remember, it was supposed to be four walls of the same color. Ah, uh, yes. But then that was the last bit of that paint. <laughs> and it all just crumbled at our toes. <laughs> so picture this. We start painting. And then all of a sudden... We're done. We finished. Yes, we had painted... We, okay, we start painting. Well, you said we started painting. We, started no, we painting. were done painting when this happened. <laughs> we finished painting. And the wallpaper wall, which we thought we really took care of, just the, the paint started to just like crumble off of the wall. And we're not by no means like home renovation experts. Like we would not be having like an HGTV show, frankly. I'm not even sure why we have a podcast, to be honest. But, but the fact of the matter was, we did not clearly know what we were doing. And no. we, you literally could take your finger and just like press it along the wall mm -hmm. and it would like clump off. Like as if you had dipped your finger in like whipped cream. <laughs> 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 it just was like a clump of paint. Which I don't think really could have been good for our, like, to breathe it in for sure. Uh, number one. And number two, we had to start all over again. Because mm -hmm. what we assume happened, and hey, if you know, if you're, if you're listening and you know exactly what happened here, feel free to school us on it. We assume that the paint reactivated 
the wallpaper adhesive that we didn't clearly get fully off. And then it just slipped off the wall, basically. <laughs> the worst part was like painting it all over again. Well, Jacob came by, Your skimmed brother. the wall. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. And then it was like, okay, here Can't, we go. What is skimming the wall? Tell the people well, it's like at home. They, they drywall, not drywall, but um, mud from taping. You literally just smear it over the whole wall, send mm -hmm. it so that it's nice and smooth mm -hmm. and that's skimming okay to the ceiling yeah anyway so why would what was the reason that he did that uh, to like make a brand new wall mm. essentially mm -hmm. i guess the mud doesn't react to the adhesive the way paint does <laughs> <laughs> evidently <laughs> well we don't know i mean it's still standing <laughs> So we'll see what happens. Have you rubbed your finger along that wall? No, I'm not touching I'm it. I'm not touching it either. <laughs> <laughs> what I think was really interesting about the whole nursery prep experience was that we were at a point in the pregnancy where I was then calculating how much time we had to do things based on the number of like Saturdays that were left. We had zero Saturdays left. Right. Because it was going into the holidays. When did we finish that? In the fall. That was right after we finished the basement. Right. And the stairs. We did. We tackled a lot of home projects last fall. Well, yeah. We wouldn't have any time now to do that. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> or money. <laughs> yeah. But I remember it being very stressful, this nursery thing, because... So much of, you know, everything else was kind of done. You know, we had finished our registry. We, you know, there was a shower and diaper party prep. You know, that was happening. Somebody was taking care of it. Um, the invites had gone out, you know, like that kind of thing. Uh, in terms of like getting all the supplies, I was, I felt comfortable in that sense. I felt comfortable with like the other things that we had to prep around the house. But the nursery like lingering on especially then with that issue with the wall i just <laughs> i had like nightmares of like having no nursery set up <laughs> for when he arrived which evidently we really didn't need a, a full-fledged nursery for several months actually but it was a it was very, a cause of stress for me <laughs> that it was not done <laughs> well it was like something on the list everything else was getting chucked checked off the list in this one it lingered it lingered for sure we also decluttered the kitchen quite a bit uh you wouldn't know it now though <laughs> <laughs> but you know what i will say in our defense we have an immaculate tupperware drawer did you know some people don't have a Tupperware drawer. What do they have? A shelf. I couldn't imagine. I mean, ours is stacked in the drawer, so it would be stacked on the shelf. Yeah, but it's stacked so far, and then the miscellaneous containers mm -hmm. are just chilling on top. Right. Well, that's why I try to buy the same ones, so that there aren't miscellaneous. From people. Right. 
But I feel like a lot of people's Tupperware drawers are like things they don't want people to see. And I'm like, no, no, come open it. Open this drawer <laughs> and <laughs> take in this beauty. We're organized in one place in our house and it's the Tupperware drawer. We have 9,000 junk drawers, but the Tupperware drawer <laughs> is pristine. <laughs> 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 which leads me to the next place we decluttered which again you wouldn't know it by looking at it now <laughs> the basement storage area i feel like we got rid of like like let's say we got rid of one load of things right like a truckload of things just say i think we now have accumulated like 14 truckloads of things <laughs> Yeah. I have to well, be honest. I avoid doing laundry because that room makes me feel terrible because it is so overflowed. Why are you laughing? Because <laughs> you're the one who wanted to keep everything that's in there. I said we got to get rid of I'm not getting rid of everything. Like, what would you have gotten rid of? Like, everything down there that we haven't touched your freaking... Chinese food containers that we haven't touched in 10 years? Don't even. <laughs> Those will come in handy when I have to throw a large event that requires a goodie bag. Okay. You're going to clean all the spiders out of them? They're stacked. There shouldn't be spiders inside of them. Okay, get the, get the people up to speed because they, they're like, what are you talking about? No, the Chinese food containers. I don't need containers. to know about this. The long and the short of this story is that many years ago, I hosted a Gilmore Girls viewing party. <laughs> if you know, you know. And I decided that, of course, like the Gilmore Girls themselves, we would feast on Chinese food. And I thought that it would be a good idea to have little paper takeout containers, which in Canada, we do not have. We do not get those containers typically from like a Chinese food restaurant. It typically comes in like black Tupperware style containers plastic containers we don't have the boxes and i think that is a missed opportunity because growing up watching well pretty well any sitcom or show the people eat chinese food out of the little white paper takeout boxes and that is very then cool you can only to me eat one thing that's besides the point so i went on a quest to get these chinese food containers <laughs> Apparently, they're not widely available, but I did find them at our Uline. Uh, Uline, which is this is non sponsored. I ordered them. The unfortunate fact of that was that I could only order them in bulk. So I, I bought a thousand, a thousand of them. <laughs> I, I have to be honest, it wasn't the smartest thing I've ever done, but it was but worth you it. Needed Chinese food containers. I needed the Chinese food containers for the eight people at the viewing party. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And you couldn't give everybody a goodie bag to take home? I still would Here's have Chinese like food with 950 of them. No, give everybody 100 of them. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want these. Listen, I don't care what you do with them once you leave my house, but I don't want them either. I kept them. I We're going to have a spaghetti and meatball party and <laughs> eat it out of Chinese food container. I've moved them into two houses. <laughs> I know. I can't get rid of them. I have an attachment. I know. 
Okay, what else would you get rid of down there? I don't even know what's down there. I know I have some stuff that I could get rid of. Old video games and stuff like that. I have a box of medals and trophies. Yeah, that I just rub in my face. I won't. I I can't get rid of them. That's my whole life's accomplishments in that box. Anyway, let's. Speaking of winner's life, let's segue to the expectations versus reality of the pregnancy experience from your perspective. Oh, now you're gonna have to ask me questions. Well, I've done a lot of talking on this episode, and I'm I'm tired of it. So you're up. One of the things when we discussed the 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 notes for this episode was um, what did I write here? Hormonal, bitchy, and moody. Yeah. Go ahead, tell me about it. Yeah, you weren't. You weren't. Uh, I think because you were you were being uh, you were trying to be aware if you were or not. Okay. I think I remember you saying that. I don't remember, recall that at all. No. I think I was too exhausted to care. Well, you definitely were not. Well, that's good. Mm-hmm. Like, what, what, what did you expect? Like, and, and what was your expectation based off of? Oh, I just, like, obviously, when it comes to TV shows, movies, the pregnant lady's always psychotic. That's terrible, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Paint the picture. Maybe it's so that you assume that it's going to be so bad that when it's only a little bit bad, you're like, oh, my God, this is great. <laughs> Do you have any friends who have confided in you about their pregnant spouses? Well, yeah. They right. say that they're hormonal and, can't, and indecisive and... I'm very emotional. Really? Mm-hmm. And so you... But I don't know what happens behind closed doors. Okay. So you're just basing it off of whatever they're telling you mm-hmm. and obviously not having seen it yourself. Mm-hmm. So it's safe to say that that was not the experience you had. Yes. I had a great experience. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing to complain about. So how would you have described my, uh, I guess, mood or emotional level? And you were no different. Mm. I don't believe so. Really? I don't think so. You're no different then than you are now. So pretty, like, even kilter. Sure. I felt like that too, but I also felt that I was too exhausted to care about anything yeah, else. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. And most, I mean, most of the pregnancy was around the holiday time too, coming through fall and and early winter. Mm-hmm. So it's like those times. It's not like we're. I mean, we're busy doing family things, but. We didn't have time to do anything else, so it was like everything else that didn't need to happen Mm -hmm. was put on the back burner, Mm -hmm. and we didn't stress about it. Right. Or you didn't stress about it, because I never stress about it. (laughs) What about the the idea of, uh, like, cravings? 
I don't think I ever had to go and get you anything. I know, like, I ran out of peaches. Can you pick some up on your way home? Sure. But I was never, like, in bed, and you woke me up and said, you need to go get this, Mm -hmm. or I'm going to kill you. I remember one instance where I asked you to stop and get me a slice of uh, pizza from Pizza Nova on your way home. Is that the one on the way in Hamilton you sent me to? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was one instance where I asked you to get me something. I remember that. I didn't think that was actually one. I remember we ordered food. I can't remember if you were pregnant or not. And we went all the way like in the Ancaster because mm-hmm. you needed pizza okay. and a specific pizza. Okay. And then we went to another place for me to get food yeah. but then you also ordered food from that place i did yeah and you ordered two medium pizzas for yourself <laughs> <laughs> so in fact you did not have a food aversion <laughs> maybe i wasn't pregnant because that sounds like something remember. a not pregnant me would eat colton definitely wasn't born yet there's no way two medium pizzas do you remember the night yes i do because mm-hmm. i got the spinach dip yes um, it was during COVID. Anyway, so you didn't have to run out much to get no anything at all, really. But when I did, it was pretty ridiculous. What do you mean? Driving 40 minutes to get pizza? I could only eat Pizza Nova pizza <laughs> because their sauce is just crushed tomatoes. It doesn't have any weird seasoning. It doesn't have garlic. It doesn't have onion. I could have made you a pizza. You did, and they sucked. Sorry. <laughs> now... They're great. Before I was pregnant, they were great. During pregnancy, your pizzas were the worst because you used that squeeze bottle sauce that has all those different seasonings in it and I couldn't eat it. So Pizza Nova was the only pizza that I could eat. So sue me. Fine. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) All right. You also mentioned that, you mentioned this earlier, but let's recap about you being able to lose weight also. Well, yeah, I mean, again, because you weren't really eating, I could just survive myself, by myself, I should say. Well, you're a big meal prep guy, Mm -hmm. which is not a life I subscribe to, honestly, because I just can't, could not bear eating the same thing for lunch every single day for essentially my entire life. You just change up the seasonings every once in a while and it tastes different. A chicken breast with any seasoning is a chicken breast with any seasoning. It's the same. It's a, it's the same. It's yeah. never not a chicken breast. Well, clearly you're a loser. Anyway, you could meal prep. Mm-hmm. Did I meal prep dinners? Yes. Did I? Well, you would eat stuff that you could eat and I couldn't eat. So yes, you were meal prepping dinners at one point because you weren't going to come home and cook yourself a healthy dinner every single day. Hmm. So yes, you were meal prepping dinners at one point because I you could. Remember that. Because typically I cook dinners. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't cooking. Did I meal prep so that the stink that you couldn't handle? That's yes, yes. Was all done. Yes. Mm. That's exactly what it was. I'm so considerate. 
I don't, I mean, again, I don't see you coming home to make yourself a meal every single day after work. So I, I sure you were considerate for making it all in one day and getting it over with. I don't think it was strictly for my benefit. If we're being honest. Well, again, I don't remember doing that. So, okay. That's fine. Um, let's talk about symptoms a little bit more in depth. So a lot of women experience, well, a myriad of symptoms, really. Some of the things that I've read about and was lucky enough to not experience was, uh, like bloating, swelling, weight gain, dizziness, headaches, you know, stretch marks. You stuff. were like the exact opposite in all of that. Yeah. Except for the food aversion. Right. Well, I, I didn't get any new stretch marks from pregnancy. I mm -hmm. already had stretch marks. <laughs> like, I've had stretch marks since I was like 12. So, I didn't get any new ones in pregnancy. <laughs> the old ones are just alive and well. I think it was such an interesting thing for me to lose so much weight i was always worried about that about like not having an appetite not eating enough not having enough calories not getting enough nutrients like i was taking my vitamins and stuff but mm -hmm. i was always really worried about that and the doctors seemed like not concerned in the slightest <laughs> well again i'm not a scientist nor a doctor but, I mean, he's healthy. Yes, that's true. That's true. And I think now that I can eat again, the weight loss thing is like a thing of the past. <laughs> <laughs> Screw Jenny Craig, you're just going to get pregnant, eh? Well, it's funny because I never felt, like, don't get me wrong, the fact that I couldn't, eat things that I used to enjoy eating, the fact that it was kind of worrisome to me that I, you know, couldn't eat and how was that going to impact the health of my unborn baby? Those, you know, those are things that I considered, but I have to say through through the you know, the extreme fatigue, the nausea, the the food aversions, you know, what all of this stuff, I never ever once felt like like it wasn't worth it if that makes sense like to me it was all a means to an end mm -hmm. and i think i was so grateful and glad to be having these symptoms having it a pregnancy that actually like as the weeks went on you know grew closer and closer to a full-term pregnancy given that i had experienced two loss prior to that mm -hmm. so what you're saying is like you would give up I'd do it again. Yeah. I'd do it all again. It would suck, for sure. It <laughs> sucked. It sucked. But in the grand scheme of things, nine months is pennies on a dollar. Yeah. Well, I mean, again, you know, we've talked about this before, this this idea of perspective. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it was all worth it because I knew the other side of it. I knew what it would be like on the other end of things, mm -hmm. potentially not being able to ever have a baby of my own. 
for reasons that, you know, still remain unknown. And so I think knowing that that was such a possibility and then being able to come out on the other side of that, you know, obviously with several bumps along the road, it's just, I don't know, something about it just, like you said, I would do it again the exact same way. I wouldn't necessarily enjoy it, but I would do it again. I don't think many people enjoy their pregnancy. I don't know like if I that's can't, true. Well, I can't imagine that you're very comfortable. Your hormones all are all out of whack. I didn't honestly feel super moody or hormonal, to be honest. But I also have wonky hormones. Like, I was going to say, maybe they put that's what I, I honestly think that's what it was. Because I also, I get like hormonal acne when I'm not pregnant. I had the best skin of my whole life. I looked fucking fabulous. Let's be real. <laughs> Confirm or deny. Everybody was saying it. I know, but I'm not asking everybody. I'm asking you. Yeah, you were beautiful. Okay, thanks. But I mean, like, I was really going for, like, smoking hot. Not comfortable talking about this on air. <laughs> this is like an unfiltered podcast. Okay, Do you... smoke show. Let's go. <laughs> Don't you think? I think I I. I think you look great. Yeah. What are you looking at me like that for? I'm. I'm just saying. That was like one benefit. All of it. All of it. <laughs> all, all things considered. I'll do it all again. To look like that again <laughs> well and it was funny i think one of the jokes aside one of the things that a lot of people would comment you know like they'd find out i was pregnant i remember it was at the nail salon and uh and you know she she said something to me i don't know if she asked me if she saw the ring on my finger and asked me about you know how long i was married or if i had kids and i was like oh you know i don't have kids i'm you know i'm pregnant right now and she's like really and i think it was like six or seven months pregnant at the time and she was like what and she like did not believe me well yeah i mean you didn't look like you were about to pop mm -hmm. some people do I mean, I haven't experienced seeing very many people <laughs> pregnant, yeah. but I've seen a couple people who mm -hmm. get fairly large. See, I think I had the upper hand because I was fairly large already. <laughs> <laughs> like when you're a fat person, you don't look as pregnant. So you hit it well. I probably could have hit that pregnancy for like seven months, maybe eight. We did. You were like seven months pregnant at the nail salon. I know. Is this thing on? What? <laughs> what are you thinking about? No, I was just like picturing you pregnant. I don't even remember what it... Yeah. Other than just looking at pictures. Mm-hmm. I don't even remember. I don't remember even really what it felt like. Other than getting it kicked felt like a lot. a fish nibbling on a line. Yes, it did. I remember the first time that I felt him move. Mm -hmm. That's exactly what it felt like. That's how you explained it to me. It was just like a little tug. A little tick. Yeah. Like a bobber. That's what it reminded me of. A bobber mm -hmm. on top of the water. <laughs> Do you have any other thoughts about the pregnancy experience? Other than the, the nausea, the fatigue, the food aversions, those were really the key highlights. No, but... 
like every time you went for blood work or the uh, any imaging or the uh, OB or whatever again like just waiting for you to come back with bad news and I remember every time you'd call me I'd be like fuck pick up the phone and then I could tell immediately when you started talking whether it was a good trip or a bad trip did I have many bad trips? No, you didn't. Oh, okay. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, it's like, I was just waiting for it mm-hmm. every time. Also because I couldn't go in. I couldn't go. Right. right. I was able to go the one time with the OB. Mm-hmm. And that was, that was just a chat, wasn't it? No. The, the student or whoever she was mm-hmm. did some she touched your belly yeah measurements it's mm-hmm. another thing people touching your belly <sighs> <laughs> thankfully not a lot of people did that just don't do it yeah probably don't, don't. It, it's weird yeah it's weird mm-hmm. i don't i don't know i i don't see the appeal i personally would never go up to somebody else and touch their belly mm-hmm. uh but hey maybe that's just me <laughs> Yeah. But you know what? I expected that to happen a lot more than it did. I think it only happened three times. Unsolicited three times. There were times where I would say, oh. I didn't even touch your belly. Well, you were kind of, I think, weirded out by the whole thing, to be honest. Like when you're saying, oh, he's kicking or whatever, then sure. Mm Mm-hmm. But like. I'm only touching you about there's a magic ball, <laughs> magic eight ball. The rub it in like a genie's lamp. Do you remember any specific instances of that happening? What? That somebody would come up and touch me. I never my witnessed belly. it, but I remember you telling me. I was like, stupid people. <laughs> I don't know. People are just driving nuts. You know what? What killed me is early on it happened a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Like, there was nothing there, right? There was mm-hmm. no bump. There was no belly at that time. That's just your belly. And I literally was like, you people are touching my literal fat. Like, there's nothing there. <laughs> we were like two seconds pregnant. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it was so awkward because I was like, I felt secondhand embarrassment for them. Because I'm like, there's no bump there. Because it's literally, he's the size of a, a grape. And what you're touching is my literal fat. <laughs> what, uh, what did you... Like, did you have any learning experiences that you would take on, like, for a future pregnancy experience? I don't know. I mean, it's a pretty chill pregnancy. It was pretty chill. Here's what I... Here's my lesson learned, I will, I will say. So, as we will dive into in next week's episode, which is all about the birth story of C-Dubs himself... Uh, I ended up going quite past due, my due date, and I received a lot, 
like an overwhelmingly a lot of messages <laughs> uh, from people wanting like status updates. And it was like, you know, one thing for people to kind of like check in and be like, hey, you know, I know it's your due date. Like, how are you? I had some people texting me too all the time now that I think about it. And like check in once. Okay, fine. Like appreciate your concern and your interest. Yeah. Okay. But like every couple of days, like there was people who was like every couple of days. <laughs> and Leading I... Up to and after. Well, and I just was like, can you fucking chill? Well, it was two weeks after the due date, right? I was so uncomfortable at this point. I wasn't working because I thought he was going to, like, I was convinced he was coming early mm -hmm. just based off of, like, how uncomfortable I was. I was like, this surely cannot last. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh, I was convinced he was coming early. He came very late. And so I was off work for, like, three weeks before he was born. And I was so bored. Like, so bored. <laughs> And all I could do was like, I was reading, I was like watching, I was like prepping shit around the house, like whatever. And like answering people's messages. And I thought, no, no, he's not here yet. He's still not here yet. No, he's nope. still not here I'm yet. still nope. eating he's... granola bars on the couch. So <laughs> here's my thing is I actually would consider not telling anybody the actual due date next go around. Yeah, but people then will start bugging you. They'll do the math in, in nine months. Don't do the math. Uh, that's what I'm saying. You think MYOB. <laughs> you think people would actually be like counting down the weeks to figure out? Really? Maybe we just don't tell them that I'm pregnant. Forget it. Well, you got like six months. I can I can hide it for seven months, maybe eight if I'm lucky. If I wear large clothes, if it works out the same way. I think we're onto something. Onto what? Hiding a pregnancy? Yes. Don't tell anybody. I don't even know if I want to not tell anybody. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're gonna maybe like workshop that idea. But I do think there's something to be said for not sharing the due date. Like if you gave like a general well, the due date's not even like a set in stone thing anyway. Oh, there's a very low percentage of babies that are born on their actual due yeah. date. Just gives you a ballpark and been like, hey, be prepared for this date. Colton was born on the due date from my very first ultrasound. And then they changed it. And then they changed it again. And then they changed it again. And then it was that he was born on the literally the very first due date that they gave me. Which yeah. it was like people just don't mess with a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> Stick to your gut. But I, I honestly wonder if I could pull that off next time. Well, that's totally up to you. But you know what's going to happen. Tell me. You're going to go to a function. You're not going to have a drink. No, I like, to, I like to mix it up. Sometimes I'm drinking, sometimes I'm not. When was the last time you went to a function and didn't have a drink? Well, I'm making up for lost time <laughs> right now. Okay. Well, that's basically the experience. The experience was that it was very chill and I lost a lot of weight. <laughs> yeah, I think maybe the universe was on our side for this one. 
because it wasn't the last couple. I often think about that actually. I often think about the saying third time's a charm, number one. Mm -hmm. And number two, I often think about the idea of karma and that uh, things were stacked against us for a little while. And I think eventually something had to give. And I think that's why even like to this day, <laughs> knock on wood, Colton has been very chill. You know, he's pretty even tempered. He's Except generally quite, <laughs> he's generally quite happy. So I think, yeah, some, something somewhere threw us a bone on this one, frankly. I'm cool with it. I'm cool with it too. Okay. Well, it's been great chatting with you. You look like you're going to fall asleep. Yeah, I'm tired. <laughs> All right. Well, let's wrap it. Before we do, I guess we'll just uh, give you a little cliffhanger. Next time, you are getting the nitty-gritty, dirty details of the birth of Mr. Colton Wendell himself. 24 hours leading up and the 72 hours spent in the hospital. More than that. Too ma the too many hours spent yeah. in the hospital, for sure. For sure. Put it to you this way. Things did not go as planned. And I may or may not have had an out-of-body experience. All of that coming to you next time. <laughs> Until then, we want to thank you for tuning in and listening. Hopefully you found this enlightening or entertaining. And if that is the case either way, please feel free to share this with somebody who might also enjoy this kind of banter and general debauchery do you have anything else to say are you done i'm pretty much done <laughs> I, could, I mean i could ramble for hours okay that's it it's over okay we're done all right see you next time okay bye bye thanks for tuning into this episode of raising hail be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast so that you don't miss a minute of this literal debauchery the intro to this podcast is made possible by our talented producer, Sydney Shamandel. You can learn more about working with them by visiting www.sydneyshamandel.ca, that's spelled S-Y-D-N-E-Y-S-U-M-A-N-D-L.ca. Our music, Stylish Sex Guitar, is provided by Audio Green via Audio Jungle. And hey, if you enjoyed listening, we'd appreciate a review or recommendation. The more, the merrier, we always say. Until next time.